maybe it, if we had the ability to do the testing all beforehand before you were ready to try, wouldn't that be the better choice initially? Yeah, I've, I've asked women, would you have wanted to know that information before or would have that just stressed you out if you knew that your image was low? And I absolutely want to know. I wish that someone had told me that this was even available which is what's driving me to push you to chew this podcast because I'm like, I want women to know they have access to this test. Anti-malarian hormone is a hormone that women can have checked to assess their ovary reserve. And often they don't hear about it until they've gone to a fertility clinic and maybe they have been trying to conceive and there's a delay in that conception. The interesting part about it is sometimes, you know, you show up and you find out that your reserve is a lot lower than you would have expected for your age. And it comes as a big shock. So So before you go on about that, this is such an important conversation. I think you need to bring it back to what is the ovarian reserve? What does that mean? Oh, right. Yes. So ovary reserve would be the reflection of how many active follicles are releasing this hormone and ready to uh, procreate or to make babies with. And why is that important? It's important if you are trying to build a family. It's also important because those same eggs release your estrogen and progesterone gets released with a leftover sac from the corpus luteum every time you have an ovulation. So it impacts not only your ability to procreate and make babies, but it also impacts your hormones every month and how yes. long you're going to menstruate. Right. And so it's an indicator for, you know, when you may drop off and actually go to menopause. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. And for women in their, you know, fertility years, it's super important because it gets to give you a sense of how many more years left you have before you no longer have that opportunity with your own angst to have a family or start a family. So, and then, you know, instead of raising fear around this, I do want to add in that even when there's what we call a diminished ovarian reserve with the lower AMH, and it could even be super low, right? You're going to speak to the numbers after. What we see and what doctors will agree with, it's like, you know, if you're looking towards IVF or if you're looking to freeze your eggs, it just may not be your best option because with the low numbers, it means that you're not able to recruit as many eggs. And the whole goal of um, IVF treatment is that like you're wanting to maximize the number of eggs, right? To harvest, so to speak, and uh, retrieve so that you can create more um, embryos, more than you would when you just naturally ovulate, which is technically one egg per ovulatory cycle. Does that make sense, everyone? I hope you're following along. And do you wanna add anything to that, what I just said? Well, I would say that um, it's a little bit of an ethical dilemma because let's say you are a young woman and you're uncoupled, but you know you really have this drive to have family one day and you're concerned because you're like, oh, I want to make babies, I want to have family, but I, I don't have a partner. And so women are seeing in the media, you know, this um, idea of egg freezing and it might be a little bit, you know, disconcerting if you show up and your your AMH is low. 
and or you're being told you have a diminished ovary reserve. It, may, it feels like you might have to fast forward your life, like find a partner and yeah. make babies now. And they used to say that embryo freezing, which is when they take, you know, your partner sperm and your eggs, put it in a dish and make babies, and then they freeze those little embryos for future use. Would, it has a better freezing process than egg freezing, but it sounds like, according to an interview we had with uh, Dr. Bellarac, I believe, I think she was saying that it was the technology was getting better for egg freezing as well. It is getting better for sure, but I'm just going to still stand by that, you know, embryos are going to be easier right. to freeze and thaw out because it's much more substantial. It's like 300 cells as a blastocyst stage versus an egg, which is mostly filled with water. And so when you, the freeze-thaw thing, it, it becomes a bit more temperamental. The, the vitrification process, the flash freezing, has certainly made it much, much better. But if, you know, if they're trying to sell it to me like it's completely equal, I'm not going to buy it. Um, that's right. just me. Maybe you do, For but sure. I, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it to be that. But okay. um, maybe that's going to change in the, the near research. future, I'm hoping, right? Right. So, right. Uh, and the, Point, going back to a person exactly. that's not ready and like, oh my gosh, I'm now going to have to freeze my eggs because my AMH is low. Just know that it's not like so easy because we have to take the drugs. We have to go to the clinic multiple times. It's not as easy as just going in, okay, take the eggs out. Right. right? It's a giant, it's a big process. And for some, and, and you know, the literature out there so far, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, so far I see it's like, you know, 21 eggs for a take-home baby depending on the age, but like on average. So that's a lot of eggs to be retrieved. And so if you have a lower AMH and you're still young, likely the eggs are actually quite healthy, but you're just going to get a lot less number of eggs. And right. um, there's going to be a nutrition rate when you start injecting it with the sperm and all that stuff. So it's like, oh gosh, you need a backup of a lot of eggs to accomplish this. So are you willing to go for more than one round of IVF retrieval, right? right? Because people will think, oh, I just want to retrieve and it'll just be the one time. And for the women with the lower numbers, it's actually more than one time. I just want to have people know going ahead. And on top of that, it's like, um, just because you have low AMH, this does not equate to having bad eggs. I don't know if Correct. you've had people that say that, but it's like, yeah. no, it, it doesn't actually speak to quality, it just speaks to numbers. So I, I, if there's anything about this conversation, I, I want, we would want you to see that low AMH does not equal bad eggs. If you are in your thirties and you have been found to have a lower AMH, it signifies that you would maybe have less time, uh, before you're going into menopause, but it doesn't impact the quality per se. However, there are studies that show that women with a lower AMH have a higher chance of miscarriages compared to women their same age. So it might not be a reflection of quality, but there's something about it that may indicate some of their background conditions sometimes, like perhaps Yes. Women might have endometriosis and not realize it, and that might have reduced the quality. Right. Perhaps. Yes. Um, so it's, it, I mean, it's not, it's a very individualized thing, but I guess bigger picture, it's helpful to have this insight. My, my point 
to share this video is to let people know or let women know that, you know, if they're comfortable knowing at a younger age, it might help them kind of make decisions and map out their life a little bit more because perhaps they're already married and they're in their 20s and then they get this test done at like 26 and they find out, oh, my, then my levels low. We were originally thinking of, you know, waiting 10 years to save and kind of, you know, work and focus more on our careers, but perhaps they might be more flexible and say, you know what, I think it, uh, now that we know that the reserve is low, you know, I might go into menopause a little earlier than the average. So it's maybe better that we start our family earlier. And it just gives them that opportunity. Yes. And Um, that's a great point because you want to have the choice and perhaps it will actually change the course of your life. And you want to know that going in early versus, oh my gosh, with regrets uh, 10 years later. What, and I, and haven't you seen this too, where like I'll literally have a couple that'll come in, oh, we've been together for 10 years and only trying for the last year, we're having challenges. It's like, oh yes. gosh, like maybe it, if we had the ability to do the testing all beforehand, before you were ready to try, wouldn't that be the better choice initially? Yeah, I've- I've asked women, would you have wanted to know that information before? Or would have that just stressed you out if you knew that your image was low? And they're like, absolutely want to know. I wish that someone had told me that this was even available, which is what's driving me to push you to this podcast. Because I'm like, I want women to know they have access to this test. The other thing, I mean, there's other considerations, for example, women who has noticed maybe they've already had their family and they're going through these changes where their menstrual cycles are every two weeks and then not showing up for three months and they're, but they're only 38. And then they do this test and they see, oh, the reserve is low and there's a number value that you can assess like in nanograms per mil. If you, let's say their level is at, you know, 0.2 and they say that it goes down according to research uh, in nanogram per mil, 0.1 per year after age 35, if they're 38, that means they may have only two years left of menstruating or ovulating, give or take a couple of years because you just don't know. It's not exacting, right? It's like the average when they're studying uh, patients to see how quickly they go through uh, the drops in that AMH value. So, so let's, um, in our show notes, let's actually put down the scale. And by the way, there's two scales, right? Because it depends on how you um, and I think in the States, they tend to do it in the nano. In the nanogram per mil. And then, and then, and then in then Canada, Canada Ontario, it's become parks more. per mil per liter. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll have that so that you don't freak out when you, like maybe yeah. you're actually looking at the measurement through one way, but it's really another yes. way. So we, yes. we need to have that so that it, the better indicator for you. Yeah. It Does can, that make sense? Yeah. And it can also help women understand if they have polycystic ovary syndrome, because if the reserve is super high and their periods That's aren't right. showing up, it might help them understand, you know, the, what they have, what their condition is at a young age uh, to try to uncover what's going on. Because some women are like, is it my thyroid? That's so the reason why my periods aren't showing up. Is it prolactin? Like what's going on? And if this number shows a really high, high value, uh, plus they're, you know, combined with symptoms of let's say excess testosterone and their hair growth or acne or on blood work assays, uh, this could help them kind of really understand better. Sometimes people don't want to, 
necessarily do a pelvic ultrasound to see lots of follicles. And sometimes the follicles aren't even that viewable, like they can't see it on ultrasound. So it yeah. could be a helpful test in that scenario as well. I think it is great because, of course, again, by the time people come to us and when they're trying to conceive, they're just learning about this now. But wouldn't it be really helpful that you could do something and be proactive at a younger age if you find out that mm, there's a risk that maybe I have endometriosis or polycystic ovaries or, you know, whatever there is, right? So then yes. you can actually do something about it. So by the time you actually want to conceive, you have a, a, a higher chance of conceiving because you've done so much for it already. Right. So, so then, please... uh, I know we're going to go, but like just very quickly, it's like, so get tested and then what do you do? Whatever you find out, like what avenues can you go? Like what team you need to have a team, right? So if you're wanting to, like, if you're a formula one car, by the way, they have to have a pit stop. That's just mandatory because the tires, their rubbers burn out. So you need to have that pit stop and have those four people switch the tires really fast so you can go on your way and win the race. So this is an opportunity to have your pit stop so that eventually down the line, you will win your race, if that makes sense. Right. So the That's team would be something like Tanya, who is a naturopathic doctor, myself or our team at Alive, like, you know, an acupuncturists or osteopath or massage therapists and doing herbal medicine and supplementation, all those things. Okay? Exactly. So please like and subscribe and share this podcast. Share it with your children, your daughters, your aunts, your sister, your moms, grandmoms. Right? So all the women in your life, because this can help at every stage. 